welcome to episode 129 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast with today's guest, Chase Tuning. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Chase Tuning. Thanks for being here, Chase. I appreciate your time, man. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Daniel, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. I, I, I really enjoy, I call it getting on the other side of the microphone. I really enjoy this more than I thought. And it's been a great ride so far, connecting with some other amazing people like yourself and great podcasts and just kind of reconnecting to the community that has treated me so well for so many years, man. Do you feel like your thoughts flow a little freer when you're on the other side of the mic? Yes and no. There's something to being asked questions and on the receiving end of conversation compared to asking questions and navigating, directing, kind of leading conversation. I think that's true in any kind of conversational dynamic or even a meeting. There's usually one person that comes to the table with, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing. And then the other person's just kind of at their mercy. Maybe you get some heads up and some notes and talking points and questions and whatnot. But it definitely, at least for me, I feel I feel more at ease, not to say that I don't feel at ease when I'm, you know, leading for my show, but it's exciting. It's open-ended and it's very curious to me. You know, I, we've talked about some things that we could talk about on the show, but ultimately I'm, you know, at your mercy. And I'm so excited because no matter what I tend to talk about in my personal story, my professional journey, whatever, there's usually a different spin. So it, it's both curious and rewarding for me because I don't know what's coming, but also I'm very kind of excited about what is my answer going to be today or what unique spin mm. does this person have about something maybe that I've spoken about a million times, but you know, everybody asks it in a different way. Also, I'm in a totally different state of mind today than I was maybe yesterday. I'm a totally different human than I was last year. So I might even now have a totally different relationship to how I would normally answer that question, even though I've had it before. Uh, And so it's almost like every time is the first time in a certain way. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. I, I feel the same in some guest appearances that I've had on other podcasts where there's not like a lot to focus on as the host, but I'm paying attention to the clock. I'm trying to keep us on track. And there's just like a few things making sure that the platform is not glitching and all that stuff. But like (laughs) when I'm on the other side of it, not that there's anything I can do about it, but you you, you pay attention. Um, But then when I'm on the other side, it's like, I just kind of don't care about those things. And I just kind of like, I just flow. But I think it's really important piece that you said about the person, the person that you are right now in this moment is the person that's showing up today. And if I ask you the same question tomorrow, it might be a different answer. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you go out for dinner tonight and you have some interaction with the, you know, whoever's out for dinner with you and that changes your whole shift, uh, it shifts your perspective into some new answer or a new insight on something. Um, so it's really interesting. And I think it's one of the things where, you know, podcasts last for forever. Like this episode will go live whenever, whenever it goes live and then it will, and it will be there for forever. But the conversation is really a momentary thing, right? It doesn't continue to last the information. We're not going to talk about anything, you know, super scientific and, you know, whatever that is going to be irrelevant two years from now, but your answers would be different. And I think that, you know, to, to kind of sum that up, it's actually a nice little segue into like your entire show is ever forward. So we are moving ever forward. And the person that we are today is not the person that we, that we are going to be tomorrow. And it shouldn't be the person that we're going to be tomorrow. Otherwise, you know, staying in the same spot is not, is not really great, but to prevent me from ranting a little bit more and and kind of going off here, can you give yourself a quick introduction and kind of just sum up who you are and what it is that you do? I know that there's a lot of things people will know who you are, but how do you like to introduce yourself? I can give you a really condensed version and then we can fill in the gaps. I am a small town kid who went off to become a soldier who came home to fall in love with the human potential and get involved in the health and fitness and wellness industry professional becoming a coach for many years a health coach and in in that industry for a while turned i guess what you could say conscious creative wellness entrepreneur um yeah <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of like the very 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 high level but, you know, really at the end of all that, I'll say that I'm someone now who is 37 years old and can look back at his life through all of those different versions of himself and the ups and the downs and the good times and the bad 
and honestly just say that I'm someone that is finally landing on his most true and authentic self thanks to all of the other trials and tribulations and accolades and personal and professional endeavors have just all got me to kind of help filter down to I am just in pursuit of chase. I am in pursuit and I'm finally in a place where I, I know who I am. I know who I am not. I I know what value I bring to the table. I know what I'm looking for in, in people and places and things to add value to my life. I am just in love with the human potential and I'm in love with, with my potential. And so it's, it's pretty wild to say that, you know, I'm just someone who's in pursuit of being me uh, and, and just constantly fine tuning that, and, but also constantly maintaining that. I, you know, I think a great analogy is in, in our fitness journey, whenever we first kind of start on that, a lot of times maintenance, maintaining the things that we have in terms of strength, body composition, habits, nutrition, maintaining those things can oftentimes be as difficult, if not even more difficult than breaking plateaus or, or pivoting in some unique way. So I just take kind of that same approach and, you know, I shed all of those other things and I, I no longer need to say, I'm a soldier, I'm a veteran, I'm a student, I'm a, I'm a certified this, or I'm a professional that, you know, I, I am just chase and I, I'm in constant pursuit of, of maintaining that and sharing how I got to be here with other people, as many people as possible through various platforms to help them through personal development, professional development, fitness, nutrition, wellness, mindset, but ultimately so that they too can land on, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is who I am not. How can I maintain it? And how can I keep checking in with myself so that I'm growing and evolving and, and just optimizing not to be anybody else other than myself? That's a very interesting answer. And the reason that I ask that question all the time, and you know, I think in a lot of the podcast world, the, the, uh, the typical way is the host will introduce the guest and give their description of what they what they do, and that is usually, yeah. uh, uh, it's a description. You know, Chase yeah. is a podcaster, he's a coach, he's a whatever. And it's like these are his jobs. He lives here, he does this. Okay, and that, and that's great, and that's valid. And I, but I think that there's something different about when you ask someone to describe themselves and how they describe themselves says a lot about them. So your answer saying like, hey, here are the things that I do. Here are the things that I have done, and here's what I'm kind of like pursuing is obviously something that you've spent a lot of time thinking and, and mm -hmm. cultivating, thinking about and cultivating what you actually are and who Chase actually is rather than, yeah, I have a podcast and I have, and I, and I'm a coach. And so mm -hmm. that's a really like a, a deep level of insight that I think that most people don't have and, and, and unfortunately may never get to. I think where I'm leading with this now is how did you get to this point because it's not very common and I'm sure there's not very many people that you meet to have thought about that where they're like hey I'm just trying to be me they're just oh, I'm trying to you know get a raise I'm trying to do this I'm trying to buy a house I'm trying to do the next thing rather yeah. than I'm just trying to be how did this come about for you well I, I can tell you there's a, a very distinct moment when I, I trace all this back to it maybe not being the thing but it was the thing that led to all the other things Let's see, we're what, July 2023 now? Quite literally three years ago, almost exactly, I tried a psychedelic substance for the very first time. I was given uh, MDMA. And anyone who knows me or knew me leading up to that point, I'll say this anyone who knows me now, in, compared to know, know me then, like knowing me then, you would never think this is the exact same person. You, know, you didn't know me. I didn't know me leading up to that moment. Long story short, I, I chose in that moment to completely question my entire existence, question belief systems, personally, morally, ethically, legally, uh, religiously. But I, I felt like it was kind of boiling up to the top because I live in Los Angeles. And during that time period, we were hit really, really hard with restrictions and all these mandates and changes around COVID and lockdowns and just what we could do, what we couldn't do, what was right, what was wrong, you know, where we could go, when, all these different things that just really made me think and question everything, even me. 
And so I, I chose to kind of really just say quite literally F it. And I went down that rabbit hole and I had this unique experience about something actually in my marriage that uh, completely humbled me. It was just this one little thing that I thought was an issue with us. And I realized very quickly that it was a, an issue with me and how wrong I had been and how selfish I had been and how much ego I had involved in this one particular area, really the only kind of friction point in my marriage. And so once I realized that not only did I lean into something that I was so anti for so long, I didn't even smoke a joint till I was like 28 because um, I thought I would burn in hell or I would go to jail. <laughs> and so once I realized that I could, first of all, choose to do something different than I was told to do my entire life. I could choose to act on something that many people around me, including myself, deemed wrong, that I could challenge myself in that way. That I think is a very groundbreaking experience that anybody could have. If you, if you choose to go left when your entire life you've gone right, buckle up. But on top of that, once I realized how much of a healing experience that I had in it and how much literal love and benefit it brought to my life and my relationship, I was blown away. So not only could I challenge something, but what was waiting for me on the other side was incredible. And that really was the moment for me where I then still today, you know, it's been three years now. I, I, I'm just in pursuit of questioning things. Why did I think this way? Who told me to think this way? What belief systems do I very clearly have? Which ones am I operating out of? And I don't even know why, which ones are maybe mm -hmm. ones that were instilled in me growing up from my parents, from my family, from my community, from religion. I grew up pretty conservative household in the Bible Belt of Virginia, Southern Baptist church multiple times a week. I went to a private Christian school for middle school, high school, and not to knock any of that. I do hold a lot of truth still to Christianity. And I have now developed a very unique relationship to faith and spiritual life, but it's very, very radically different than all of those things. Um, that really was the moment for me. And I never, I should say, I haven't stopped questioning things now but in a good way. I think a lot of times we look at challenging a system or challenging a belief system or a religion or authority or just air quote here, them, but we don't really know why. There's, I think, challenging just for the sake of challenging, challenging just to defy authority versus actually intentionally really wanting to know why do I believe this? Why don't I believe that? What if I just zigged instead of zagged? You know, what could happen? Of course, building a safe container as much as possible. That was really it. It was one distinct moment when I chose the most opposite path for my life. And I happened to like the results that I got. I think that that's extremely powerful. I very much relate to it because I had a very similar experience, different time frame. Um, but very similar experience. It's something that I've kind of like hinted at and, you know, maybe alluded to and whatever in the podcast. I've never really fully talked about it probably cause like, you know, my mom still listens and whatnot, but <laughs> oh yeah, it didn't go over well when my mom found out, you know, we had, that was an interesting conversation, but I, I share everything even with my family and, uh, yeah, that's, an, there's a difference in choosing you for you. Uh, but then explaining that to your parents, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, got to yeah. have a next level kind of uh, personal confidence and, and clarity in your, in why you did that thing. Exactly. So, so, you know, we'll see if she listens to this. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'll tell her, ah, this episode wasn't that good, <laughs> but, um, but I think, I think the analogy to make, not an analogy, but for anyone who hasn't had a psychedelic experience, obviously, you know, proceed with caution, blah, blah, blah. Talk to people who matter, legal implications, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, when Chase is saying something like, oh, you know, it just fundamentally changed the way that I look at things and, and question things, the way that I kind of explain it to people when I have this conversation is like, you know, that was, that was, that experience was very real to me because it was happening at that time and I really experienced that. So now that I know that that's a possibility of, of a human experience that I can have, well, how do I get back to that? Or how, or is this experience that I'm having right now the true one or which is the true one? And so it's just like, you know, your, your horizons have been expanded. And so 
now it makes you question like, well, you know, that shade of green that I saw, it wasn't actually green. It's like a color that doesn't exist in, mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that I can speak, but it's like a thing that I saw. And, you know, Chase is like nodding and, and agreeing mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's been through it. If you've never been through it, you're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? They're off their, you know, <laughs> off their rockers. But you, you see that and you experience that and it's like, well, that was very real to me. So why wouldn't it be real now? And if that was real in that moment, then what else might be real. And so you can definitely go down a deep rabbit hole of questioning everything probably mm-hmm. too much, but I think it really brings about this this uh this thought-provoking mindset of like, well, what if things were different? What mm-hmm. if I approach this from a different viewpoint? And you take these little lessons as I'm sure you did and they're not things that you didn't know before, but they just hit in a different way. Right. The same as the same as, you know, if we relate this back to fitness coaching or even podcasting, it's like there's been millions of podcast episodes out there on just on fitness alone. And we we talk about calorie deficit, strength training, progressive overload, blah, blah, blah. We hammer home the same messages. Now, do I have anything secret knowledge different than the mind pump guys? No, of course not. But do we have different ways of saying things that may hit for some people? Absolutely. And I think that's what like some of the psychedelic stuff. Uh, brings it's just it's just a new perspective it's like all right i knew this thing but now i know it on a deep internal level and then that just kind of really rolls through through the rest of your life and it and it's hard to you can't forget it that's for sure there's no forgetting there's no forgetting there's no go- oh excuse me. there's no forgetting there's no going back that's for damn sure yeah it's um has it been something that you've only did that one time and then that was that was that's it been it since then or have you continued with it like what's been your journey with it since then Oh, it's been, it's been one hell of a journey. That's for sure. It definitely was not a one and done for me. That instance sparked a curiosity in me for all the reasons that I described, but I'll be very you know honest up to that point. These substances, these forms of plant medicine or even synthetic such as ketamine had been on my radar because I am a health and fitness and wellness professional. I, I'm not actively practicing today. I don't coach clients in that capacity anymore, but it is very important to my life and is a pretty common denominator in a lot of the work that I do produce in terms of podcasts and content. And so I'm always in the literature. I'm always in the science and the science and literature. I had been reading clinical studies around particularly PTSD and the uh, profound mental health benefits that we were seeing, you know, beginning to get these results back several years ago from entities such as Johns Hopkins, from the Veterans Affairs Department. So when I read these these globally accredited and sought after and well-respected entities, putting people very much like me in terms of where their mental health was, what they went through in terms of their professional career, in my case, you know, being active duty military for six years, from 03 to 09 during the height of OIF and OEF, I really was paying attention because I was hearing people getting their life back. I was hearing people no longer needing to suffer in the way that they had been suffering publicly or silently. And I very much was the latter. I was silently suffering way more than I was publicly. And I was pretty public up to that point in terms of what I struggle with, you know, Ever forward is this mantra from my late father that unfortunately died, in my opinion, very, very young. I was 19 years old when he passed and it completely wrecked my life. And I suffered very deeply for a long time. And I would talk about it publicly, but the level to which it was brewing internally was not good. And so I was seeing irrefutable evidence of psilocybin, of ketamine psychotherapy, of MDMA therapy being used in individuals that looked and sounded a lot like me. And I go, I want what they got. Mm. I want to be on a path to not only having a better life, but just finally being able to wrap my head around these dark days and to develop a better relationship with them so that I can move on, not move on in the capacity of, you know, these things never leave us. It's never just, okay, like I got over it. It's just, no, we develop a better relationship with it and we can live with it instead of it kind of commandeering our lives from time to time, especially in my case with PTSD. 
And so that really just sent me overboard. Once I was looking at all the science and I had that experience, I go, I got to know more. I got to dive in. I have to explore this personally, but also professionally. And so over the next two years, about, about 18 months, I went in for multiple rounds of in-person um, ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. Uh, I have done probably over a dozen at-home ketamine therapy sessions now through telehealth. I have done psilocybin. Uh, of course, it's still federally illegal, but um, I have used it recreationally very, very often, but I always say intentionally recreationally for you know fun, for straight up tripping, but for also just you know very intentional. Uh, I have I have had profound changes in my physical body and in my interpretation, my experience, releasing a lot of physical trauma from prior injuries, injuries that in fact forced me to cut my career short in the military. I had to learn how to walk again twice. And I, I have just been able to develop this mind-body connection through these altered states of consciousness experiences and kind of tapping into my body and potential in totally different ways. I, I, I literally felt this just insane energetic release come from my hips and my back where my um, injuries were that have just made me leaps and bounds more mobile and, you know, less pain. And, and it's just, it's incredible where and why and how the body stores injuries and trauma and, you know, let's go of fascia and let's go of all these things. Right. But so I know I'm kind of all over the place, but it's just to kind of paint a picture that I had that instance. I had a lot of research and curiosity leading up to it. I leaned into more curiosity personally, but I also have leaned a lot more into staying abreast of how clinically, medically, a lot of these things are being used. You know, ketamine is probably the thing. These ketamine-assisted psychotherapy sessions were the only modalities I've ever gone through in my entire life that have, in a single session, radically, profoundly changed my perspective on life, changed my perspective with death. More specifically, after just a couple sessions, I, I went years in my, my description, years of progress of dealing with the death of my father. So much so that I, I, I would not have been able to talk to you about him on this conversation without having these experiences and kind of finally going through the grieving process in, in ways that I never knew I still had, had left. Um, and it's just been incredible and so irrefutable for me. That's, that's why I talk about it so often because it quite literally has saved my life. And what we're seeing in the science now is, you know, I'm not alone. It's doing the same thing for many, many other people in just single doses, but coupled with, you know, traditional therapy and just very intentional and integrative care. I mean, the levels of healing, the levels of, of human potential is just profound. I think some of the keys there are the level of intention and integration that is needed to make these things work in general, but also work as therapy. And I think the fitness equate equated thing to this is like, if you just take any type of psychedelic drug and you're just trying to like party and, you know, have a good time, like you'll have a good time, but it probably won't be a transformative life experience because it's not your intention. It's not what you're yeah, trying perhaps, to do. You might, you might accidentally <laughs> run into that yeah, yeah, but yeah. If, if you do yeah. too much, but, but then that might even be a negative thing, uh, so to speak. And there's, you know, a whole other rabbit hole we can go down with that. Whereas in fitness, you know, there's not just one thing that you can do by accident that's going to just get you fit. Like you're not just going to stumble into like, oh, I'm going to buy the latest supplement and like all of a sudden I'm just like fit or like, oh, I just bought a gym membership and mm -hmm. now all of a sudden I'm a fit person. Like you got to do that thing and take that first step. If you're not a gym goer, you have to make the decision to go to the gym or buy a gym mm -hmm. membership or hire a trainer or whatever, but then you've got to put in the work. And so much of the stuff with psychedelics is like, hey, okay, I've, I've decided that I'm going to do this. I've got over my my fear, my cultural um, associations with, with the thing and, and my you know preconceived notions about how bad this is and it's for only for Looney Tune people and all this stuff. And then you get over that. You decide to do it. And then it's like, all right, now I've got to do some work. All those lessons, all those things that came to me during the journey, like now I got to do something about that. Otherwise, it's gone. I wouldn't even say... For me personally, it, it wasn't, I got over the fear. 
it was, I chose to mm. finally face and sit with the fear. I, I, I recognize that there is this level of fear on the other side or actually preventing me to, from getting to the other side of this place in my life that I want to be choosing to go into ketamine therapy, choosing plant medicine, choosing psychedelics, choosing anything like that is not getting over the fear of it. It is choosing you instead of the fear. It is choosing you over letting fear run your life. Right. It's, it's a level of courage to turn and face that and to sit with it and to, like I said earlier, just develop a different relationship with it. Um, at least I, that's what, what it was for me. That, that makes a lot of sense. I think I've heard the definition of courage recently. I don't remember where I heard this, but someone described it as courage is not, doesn't mean that you're not afraid. It means that there's a level of fear there, but you decide to do it anyways. And I think that that's probably yeah. a better description of it's like acting in spite of fear, right. not, you know, because you don't have it. Right. And, and I would even say like, I know this is true for me and, and, and my experience with psychedelics is that the fear was part of what made it helpful. If I just went into it being like, oh yeah, I'm just going to take this and have a great fucking time. I don't think I would have had the same experience that I did have, but because there was like a healthy amount of fear associated with it and, and some intention going into it, I think that that was what made it, uh, made it really, really powerful. Yeah. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're spot on. I think even some of the same with, with it, a lot of the fitness stuff, you know, people will talk about ice baths and people kind of like shit on some of these self-help things. And they'll say things, I don't know if you've seen this online, but there's this recent push where people are kind of like pushing back against the ice bath thing or saying, Hey, <laughs> I it's think not I'm like even responsible for that. Sometimes I went on a rant last week on Instagram stories about just like, we get it. Okay. Shut the fuck up about the ice bath. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's definitely that people are definitely like trying to get attention by the fact that they did it. Um, right. but I think some, some, some of the stuff that I don't like about the way that people push back about it. And again, this is what I don't like is like people saying that, Hey, it doesn't have all these scientific uh, benefits. Their research doesn't support this, blah, blah. And it's like, mm. okay, maybe, but it helps me and it doesn't harm anyone. So just let me like, this is my way of conquering, right. of conquering a fear of doing yeah. my self-development, doing hard stuff, you know, whatever you want to call it. Sure. There's many other ways to do it, but this is the way that I do it. And so that's the part where I'm like, I'm not sure why some of these, you know, self-help, uh, you know, people are actually like mm -hmm. shitting on a, a form of self-help. This is very strange to me. It is. It's kind of strange. And, you know, I, I just have to laugh at it now. I mean, ultimately it comes down. I don't know if you said this word, but, you know, I kind of interpreted belief. No matter what we're doing in life, if we have a level of belief around what we are doing, why we are doing it, and the benefit from doing it, more specifically, I, I think more often than not, the benefit from doing it repeatedly we're doing it in some kind of repeated intentional pattern. Honestly, that's the only thing that matters. I can't tell you how many times back in my health coaching days and, you know, training people, you know, in the gym or giving them programs or talking about their nutrition or healthy habits or whatever, they would do things or they would want to manipulate something to a, a certain way. And my scientific exercise, science, masters, all these levels of, you know, credentials and stuff after my name would, you know, the ego would go, no, 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 no. That's like, that's not in the program or there's no scientific evidence to prove that, or maybe there is, but another thing disproved it. What I found to be so amazing was ultimately it didn't matter. Of course, if you're doing something unsafe, you know, there's that, but if someone chooses to do something in the gym, in the kitchen, in the jungle with plant medicine or in with their therapist or in with their doctor or in their relationship, whatever. And they believe that it is going to benefit their life and it is going to most likely leave something in the past or kind of help them detach from something that they don't like about themselves, that they no longer want to keep bringing to the table every day that they want to just put some distance between them and that thing or, you know, that identity belief is the only thing that matters because where the mind goes, the body will follow. We've seen this time and time and time again, you'll call it the placebo effect, the nocebo effect. If we have belief in something that it is going to benefit our lives or the opposite harm our lives, 
we will create that environment. We will create that reality. The brain is going to perceive whatever that threat or non-threat is as truth and reality. And will then release everything it needs to, to support that it will, you know, provide dopamine and oxytocin, or it will, you know, increase cortisol and, you know, keep you fat and unhealthy and, you know, increase inflammation and lower your metabolism and all these things. You know, it, if you have the right belief, you have a belief and can keep that up. Honestly, I don't really think much else matters. Yeah. This concept that like, oh, it's just placebo. So you shouldn't care about it is a strange one to me because if it works, then it works. And like, why do we care so much right. about how it works? We should be interested to find out, but if it works, you shouldn't be like, oh no, that didn't work because you did X. It's like, well, I feel better. So <laughs> therefore it worked. Why does it matter to you mm-hmm. how I got here? Uh, assuming, you know, you didn't cause anyone else harm along the way, which in a case like exactly. fitness or nutrition, you wouldn't have done by choosing a salad over uh, French fries, like that no one else is impacted by that decision yeah. except for me and and maybe yeah. the, you know, the, the chef in the, in the restaurant, um, which I is think the only people this- that care when we're looking at, you know, that example, you know, why did you get this or that? Or why do you train this way instead of this way? That only stands out to them because I think they don't have a clear understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. They don't have such an an innate or just a diehard belief around what they're doing and why they're doing it. Because if they did, they probably wouldn't even notice that. Things only stand out to us when they challenge a belief or, or a lack of belief. That's what I think. A concept that's been coming up a bunch recently for me is like how people don't understand that living a healthy life should be like the norm. And so not, you know, obsessively drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes and just like eating junk food and all that stuff. If someone's doing that, like no one, no one cares. No one's going to, no one's going to really bat an eye. But the second you, you know, again, choose a salad over the, over the fries, or you say, no, I'll have water, no beer. Thank you. And I don't drink. And it's like, well, well, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And it's like, how, well, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Like, why are you, I don't understand what, yeah. what you're getting out of this. Like, and so that, that mind frame shift. And I think this, this, this really ties into the psychedelic thing of, of just looking at things from a different angle where typically we've all been, you know, conditioned in some way to think a certain way. So you think that, yeah, having a couple of drinks after work is like normal. And then someone's like, well, why do you do that? And then people are like, oh, I'm not sure why I do that. That, that is actually kind of like everybody else was thing. doing it. Usually. Right. And, and does that make it good? You know, probably not. All of our parents when we were kids, I'm sure they, they all told us. If everybody, if all your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you jump too? Right. When one, you know, that kid in your class was doing something stupid yeah. and you said, Hey mom, yeah. can I get this? <laughs> it's like, well, if Johnny was going to jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? And you're probably not. Right. So, so taking that ownership of our own, uh, of our own thought process and like the way that we interact with the world is a really challenging thing to do, but, but an extremely important thing to do. What were some of the things, if you can name any, that were like pretty tangible as far as actions or thoughts that you had changed since your journey through uh, with psychedelics? Oh, I mean, right away, I I think the most notable thing was how much judgment I had towards other people, how much judgment I was casting on others that. I would see or would know that they were doing things that I used to think were wrong, that were immoral, that were whatever, that just basically just went against what I believe to be right. And, and once I realized that, um, it also kind of showed me where with some people in my life, indirect judgment I had in terms of how I would say things or how I would point out things to my group of friends or certain friends or certain people about other people or just make a comment, showed them where I was in life, showed them where I drew the line with certain things. Unbeknownst to me, I was talking about them. Things that I would point out or I would say or poo-poo were things that a lot of these people were doing or just even didn't quite agree with me on and would actually be more reserved in our relationship. A couple very, very close friends of mine, once I made this big change in my life a few years ago, I realized how much they were doing just that, but in the most loving way. I've told them time and time again, I didn't realize how much capacity they had 
in their life and in our relationship for me, because it's almost like they were just waiting for me to come around. And, and so once I realized how much direct and indirect judgment I was placing on friends, on people and strangers, I think was a huge win for me because I, I think that's, that's no way to live. I, I would hope that all of us could get to a place of being judgment free for however anybody else chooses to live their life. As long as like you were saying earlier, it's not affecting me and not harming me or anyone else. Do you bro, do you boo, whatever that needs to be. But then also it just showed me really the power of capacity and the power of having meaningful relationships in my life. Because once that wall and those walls came down, the depth of these friendships and relationships just went eons deeper. And, and I, I just was just humbled at how much space certain people were keeping at their table, so to speak, for me. You know, and it really reminded me, you know, I always come back to health and fitness analogies, really reminded me of a lot of the struggles that I would hear with a lot of my clients, right? You know, I'm sure you can relate. We get going on our health journey, right? We start cleaning up our diet. We start working out. We start just, you know, changing, not even like overnight change of our entire life, but just a couple of different things. The people around you are going to notice that they're going to give you shit for not getting a beer at lunch. They're going to give you shit for going to the gym instead of happy hour. They're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what the best thing we can do is to not cast judgment on them for, you know, I'm better than you. I'm changing my life. I'm bettering my life. I'm healthier. I'm sexier. I'm leaner. I'm stronger. I'm whatever is you just have to keep doing it for you and keep doing it long enough so that the results and the energy and the love and all the things supersede anything that could ever come out of your mouth. That is the most potent change that we could ever ask for. And for the right people, it will stand out. And for the right people, you will realize how much room they were holding for you or how much room you can hold for somebody else. So by leaning into shedding judgment and having clarity of, of how I'm choosing to live my life, not only I, I think kind of changed a lot of that for me for the better, but deepened my relationships and the quality of our relationships and having meaningful relationships in our life is single-handedly the most important thing that we could ever have for our life. And there's even a now almost 90 year plus study proving this, this profound Harvard study. Uh, I forget the exact name of it, but if you just Google Harvard longevity study, I think it's like 82, 85 years now, they've tracked generations of people now uh, and looking at quality of life, lack of disease, lack of illness, um, decrease all cause um, morbidity, mortality. The number one through line is relationships. They have meaningful relationships in their life. So it's kind of like a win-win for me there. I've seen that one as well. And I think it's a really important one. It's also probably the hardest thing to actually change, like compared to relationships, like it's really easy to just change your diet, start working out. Like those are pretty, you can do that tomorrow if, mm -hmm. if you were motivated enough. You can't just change your relationships tomorrow. That's a, that's a thing that takes weeks, months, years, maybe, and, and may never even, never even get there depending on, you know, the current situation that you're in. Um, but, but unbelievably important. And I think the fitness analogy here is leading by example. It's very hard to convince, and I don't even know that convince is a, is a right word there, but convince someone who's close to you to start to be healthy. If I'm going to, you know, tell a good friend of mine or a, you know, mm -hmm. a cousin or a brother or sister or whatever, Hey, you know, start cleaning up your diet and go to the gym. Like, uh, you know, fuck off. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you get out of here. But if I'm just like doing the things and they're starting to see improvements in my life, then they might be like, Hey, what was that? What was that thing that you were doing? Why did you order the salad in, instead of the fries? And so now their motivation is actually positive instead of negative. Their motivation is like, Hey, I see what you're doing and I like what you're doing. And I kind of want a piece of it rather than, mm -hmm. Oh, well, Daniel yelled at me. So I'm just going to do this now. And that's, yeah. and that's never going to work. And that's going to yeah. worsen. Like they might even do it, but it's going to worsen the relationship. And it's coming from like this negative place rather than coming from, from a positive place, which is, which is a really hard, I talk about this in the context of weight loss a lot where people are very quick to remove food. Like, okay, I'm losing weight. I got to eat less. I got to go to the gym because I got to weigh less. I got to lose weight. 
and that's a negative thing. Like losing the the term mm-hmm. lose or reduce mm-hmm. is negative, right? If we flip this to a positive script where it's like, hey, I'm going to the gym to improve my strength. I'm going to clean up my diet so that I have more energy. Now, the tangible thing that you're doing is actually the same, mm-hmm. but it's coming at it from this positive place where I think it's going to be a better motivator, a stronger motivator, a longer lasting motivator, and it's actually going to have better results going forward. And to your piece on judgment, it makes you judge yourself. You're, I think, I think you're always going to judge yourself, but it's going to make you judge yourself in a a kinder, exactly in a, in a kinder light than if you're trying to remove something from yourself. Does that sort of sound like a little bit more familiar to your experience with everything where it's like, I'm still judging myself, but I, uh, I'm a little bit more positive about the things that I've done and the things that I'm going to do. Oh yeah. I I mean, once you kind of have even a mild perspective shift on how you live your life to something as radical on the other end of the spectrum of mine of literally questioning every part about your life. But in a very judgment-free, shame-free environment and leaning into, you know, it's, it's just that perspective shift of I'm not looking at where I was wrong. I'm not looking at how screwed up I was or how fucked up my mentality was, or I'm not trying to now go apologize to everybody under the sun that I ever was like, you know, you're a bad person or you shouldn't <laughs> do that kind of thing. Certain people, yes, I definitely have apologized to. But it's just this perspective shift of, wow, look at how much I am gaining. Look at how many new ideas are flooding my mind. Look at how much new uh, levels of creativity. Look at how much more love I have for myself and for the people around me. Look at how much more grace I'm giving me for being so curious and not always being perfect and not also needing to just figure this out right now. It's okay to kind of stay in this questioning period it, it, it all is perspective. It all is in how we look at our circumstances, even when we are the ones radically changing our circumstances, because that in and of itself, I think for many people is going to induce fear. It is going to induce stress. It is can quite possibly be a significant unraveling to everything in your life. But if you go about it through the lens of, okay, just because I did something this way doesn't mean that I was a bad person. And just because I thought this way doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a shameful person or I'm a better person. It just means I'm a person who is wanting to get better. And if we can just focus on that and lean on that, then the negative self-talk goes away. The, the right perspective stays. And also what I think is probably the most important part about all this is that transcends that transcends us and our thoughts and our behaviors and our work and our lifestyle, because people see that like the example of fitness, they're going to see you become a better person. I shouldn't, I don't want to say better. They're going to see you become a different person. They're going to feel quite literally feel your energy in a different way. They're going to notice stuff about you that has maybe always been there, but for whatever reason, maybe the walls that you have had up hasn't been able to be, you know, to shine through, or they're just going to be able to connect with you in a way like my experience where they finally feel safe around you. They finally feel like they can talk to you or unload certain things with you that, you know, you're not going to hit them back with judgment or shame or anything other than just being present, being a good friend, maybe even being a good family member. Maybe you don't even need to say or do anything, but it's just, you know, how many times have you, Daniel, been in a situation where, you know, you unload, you get vulnerable and maybe you talk to somebody in your life and then it's just, they don't say anything, they don't do anything, but just you felt this level of safety and, and this, this container that allowed for these things to come out in a way that never could have come out before. And then you're better for it. They're better for it. The relationship is better for it. And you both can walk away and continue to grow. And it's not, not a me versus you anymore. Yeah. Very often it's not, um, it's not about what was said or, you know, advice that was exchanged. It's just that, oh, I felt comfortable to say that or to have that conversation. I felt seen. I felt heard. With, with that person. And that alone just makes you so much more, 
um, so much more connected and breaks down so many walls between them. But I think even more importantly, it breaks down walls within yourself because especially if it's the first time that you've said that to anyone, be it a significant other family member, friend, whoever, now it's like, Oh, this thing is not scary anymore. This thing is out there in the world. I, you know, I said it to this one person, you know, sitting on the bench at the, whatever, but now it's it's been put out there into the world. It's out of my head. It's in the world. And so now this opens up like this whole new area of self-exploration. It's quite literally, you know, again, this is maybe sounding a little out there for some people, but like now it's out of the containment of your head and your heart mm-hmm. and it's in the, the ether. Mm-hmm. It's just out there. And so now it can expand and grow so much farther. And then you break down that wall that was kind of protecting it in there. And, and, and now it can, it can flourish and become something else. And I think this is a lot of like, you know, people who go to various talk therapies for, for, for various mental health, uh, conditions, just talking about it sometimes does help. And that can be with mm-hmm. a therapist. It can be with a friend. It doesn't have to be with like necessarily a therapist, but it can be who, with whoever. Um, but, but breaking down that wall within, with yourself is pretty, um, it's, it's very powerful. It's very difficult to do, but, but very powerful. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite stoic quotes from Seneca. And it's that we suffer far more in imagination than in reality. Mm -hmm. And I think we could insert the blank here with really anything that we're fearful of, that we think we are suffering from or, or with whatever we're worried about, whatever that fear item is in our life, whether that's very real and we've had it and we've experienced it, or we're maybe thinking if I actually come clean to this person, or if I share my truth, or if I disagree with this other person because of the relationship I have with them, more specifically, the relationship that I think I might lose with them by being real, by being honest, by even just questioning something, or even just having this conversation in this container, more often than not, it is way worse in our head than in reality. And once we make it a reality, we realize how much in our head we were about it. And even just saying it out loud diffuses the situation, maybe diffuses the situation entirely, or at least diffuses the necessary action to take so that it can pretty quickly get resolved. The fitness analogy that, you know, both of us will keep coming back to (laughs) here is that sometimes you, you won't feel like doing a workout and you just go in the gym, yeah. put your, you know, tie your <laughs> shoes, put your workout playlist on and then see how you feel like, Oh, you still don't mm-hmm. feel like it. Okay. Get through the warm up and then see how you feel. Still not really feeling it. Fine. Do the first set with like half the weight that you would normally do. And then by then you're probably like, all right, I'm, I'm here. Like, let's, let's get after it. Yeah. And, and if not at that point, then like, okay, maybe you're just really tired and maybe you do need an off day or something like that. But it's that same thing as you got to, sometimes you need to break down that barrier and you may need to break down that barrier many, many times and in different ways, because each day you're kind of a a different person to to some degree. Um, and, and the way that you speak to yourself, you know, that you've done it once and then you can do it again. If you do one Mm -hmm. hard thing, well, you can do other hard things. If you do one ice bath, well, can you ask for a promotion at work or ask for a raise at work. And it's not the same, yeah. but it's a similar, it's similar enough where it's like a practice round of some more, some more real world things. Like you're not going to find yourself just stuck in freezing mm-hmm. cold water. I hope so. Like if like mm-hmm. that's, you know, something, a lot of things have happened if you find it, if, if yeah. that happens. Um, yeah. but, but it's a, it's a nice little like, yeah. uh, you know, analogy for, for other things that can happen in real life. One thing that I've been thinking about, you know, with this is, the comparison game that we all play with ourselves. And I think in the context for you, because you had this kind of experience not too long ago, you are an adult by this point, you had your business going, like your podcast has been going before, before this all started. Was there a lot of judgment change with yourself in relation to your business and the way that you kind of like put yourself out there that had changed? And and I guess maybe to add more context, this is like, I think we referenced it before. There are people who are, you know, way ahead, thousands of episodes in yourself, you know, you're 700 plus episodes in, this is a hundred and change episodes in for, for my show. And of course me comparing myself to you is, is ludicrous. Like it's, uh, it's ridiculous to, to, to do that in the podcast world, but it's a, it's a, it's a natural human thing. Like, Oh, I want to, I want to be the best. I want to like, that's that ego talking. But if I was able to differently judge myself, then I might not do that from such a negative place. And I know that's like a really poorly worded, very roundabout question, but, <laughs> but was there a lot of judgment change in yourself that happened maybe in more in relation to like your business? You know, I think if anything, the judgment change was realizing how much I was restraining myself and I was limiting my Mm. potential, more specifically limiting the potential of the work that I do. 
And, you know, to keep bringing it back to health and fitness, Everford Radio got its start as a way to support me being a clinical health coach. I fell in love with this platform because I would listen to health, fitness, wellness shows and in my commute back in DC, going to my office with a full roster of clients for the day. And I would show up with so much new information, so much refreshed information. I had direct tools to help them navigate the thing that they, they were there to work on with me, whether that's exercise physiology, body composition, nutrition, lifestyle change, getting off medication, so on and so forth. So when I decided to be the one asking the questions and launch Everforward Radio, it was to support that. It was to support that current role. And so I would always light up and I would get so excited whenever I would talk to a guest or release an episode, I, I had to scream it from the mountaintops. You know, I had, I had to share all this new information with all my clients, my patients. And then, you know, as I was building social media audience and, you know, doing the same thing with them, like, oh my God, guys, have you, did you know that fat is an organ? Did you know that there's brown fat? Did you know there are different ways to tap into this, this living hormone producing organ to actually benefit us? It's not totally scary. Or, Hey, do you know this hack about neuroscience? And if we just change our sleep here, or this crosses the blood brain, all of these things that I was discovering or even rediscovering or, or was finding new concrete scientific proof about, I brought to the table. I brought to the table for my clients. I brought to the table for my audience. I brought to the table for everybody in real life. How could I not do the same when these other things were having as profound, if not more profound effects on my life? It just looks and feels a little bit different. I'm maybe not discovering or sharing something that is going to help me or anybody else squeeze out a couple more reps or shed the last couple pounds of body fat or whatever, but I am talking about mental health. I am talking about your emotional health. I am talking about your spiritual health. I'm talking about all these other areas that make us human that for far too many of us and for far too long has gone by the wayside. This might just be my little corner of the world. But there is no denying, and I say this as a certified health professional, someone who has done this for many years, there's no denying that when we lean into these other areas of our life beyond fitness and nutrition, we will see gains in the gym. We will have better sleep. We will finally let go of those last few pounds. More importantly, we are more empowered and educated to go forward and build a life. Right now we have all these new tools that are helping us understand the life that has gotten us here and the one that we're living. Now we have a better, more complete picture of who we are, who we are not, what we really need to work on, why it's important and what we're gonna keep with us. So I would, long answer, no, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but I, I realized I kind of had this brief moment where I did ask myself this question, Chase, are you going to, talk about this publicly? Are you going to share publicly? And I realized that for who I want to be and who I know I am no longer now, I cannot not do it. It would be lying to myself and would continue to be a disservice to myself, to maintenance and growth. But also when I got very real and granular about who am I doing this for, who is in my audience, who listens to the podcast, who do I want to kind of come along my journey with and extract and apply to their own life to live a life ever forward, they need to know this. They need to know that, okay, I can share a piece of science or a journal with you here and okay, here's how to get these results with these variables and these situations, but here's fucking real life. Here are the things that I've gone through. Here is how close to death that I wish that I got. Here is the pain and suffering that I went through. Here are all the other modalities that have served me to get better. But you know what? Nothing has come close to liberating me from these shackles that in many ways I had put on myself from my own potential, from my own happiness, from meaning and purpose in my life. And so I just knew that if I don't share this, I will regret it. And I will be lying to myself 
And I will not be really modeling and continuing to do the thing that I decided I was going to do with my life when I put myself in this career. And when I decided to embody my late father's message, um, I, I just knew that it would be a disservice. And so that's my, my way of saying no, but also my intention behind why I do everything. Um, you know, I'm the guy that shares on an Instagram story, you know, I'm popping a microdose, I'm taking mushrooms or, Hey, I'm dropping into a telehealth therapy session, or I'm going into, you know, ketamine or I'm, you know, it's always intentional for me, but you know, if it's just me or with a physician or with a medical provider or something like that, you know, I'm, I'm sharing it all because it all matters because people need to see the in-between. They don't just need to see the end result. They don't just need to see the highlight list. They need to see, I believe this is what I'm looking for in people for growth. I need to see your suffering. I need to see what you're going through, what you're trying, what you're liking, what you're not. I need to see the, I need to see the before, during and after for me to really connect and decide, am I going to adopt this for my own life or not? The fitness equivalent here again is like, if you see someone who's in decently good shape and then, you know, they post on their Instagram, they're just like go for walks every day. And then six <laughs> months later, they're, uh, you know, 7% body fat and like nah. plus 27 pounds of muscle. Yeah. And it's like, they yeah. didn't tell you that they were using steroids that whole time. And it's or like, they didn't the tell same. you they strength trained five days a week for eight years before that, you know, and right. they finally just discovered low intensity, steady state walking to, <laughs> to shed, to let go, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's it's the same thing. It's right. It's like, oh, hey, hey, I've I've gotten to this this great place of, of mental health, of of clarity in my life, and all these things. And um, all I did was uh, you know journal and some breath work before bed. And it's like you probably do those things, and, and like it's it's definitely part of it, and it definitely helps. But it's mm -hmm. just it's just it's just it's not lying, but it's also not the whole truth. And so it's yeah. like the 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 truest form of, of authenticity. Honestly, I said it at the beginning of the episode. It's something that I've struggled with sharing about, um, and I haven't like explore into it that deep because it's only been one uh one experience for me ever um so it's not like been an ongoing thing but it's like got me to to where i am type of thing so it's something that i you know I, i've struggled with it for for various reasons and just sure. felt like oh, it's not the right time or or whatever um but it still it still makes me who who i am right now and i think you know this this world of like trying to be fake authentic is <laughs> it's a very strange yeah. world people say like oh i'm i'm trying to be so authentic it's like well yeah if, if you're trying to be authentic, well, then that's, that's not authentic. <laughs> if you were, just, if you weren't trying, that would be a little bit exactly. better. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, to, to your point, like it doesn't even need to be something as polarizing as tries mushrooms yeah. once, yeah. you know, becomes enlightened kind of thing. No, it just, <laughs> it's how more often than not, whether you're a, a professional or a, you know, I'll say you I don't say legitimate, I don't know, content creator, or just somebody who's just, you know, a stay at home dad or whatever. When you choose to pick up your smartphone and you're going to share anything about your life with the world and you're going to capture a video, a story, a post, whatever, more often than not, it is because we feel good about something. I, I want to share. I want to maybe brag, humble brag. I want to, you know, highlight something. It's usually that it's a highlight. What if we chose to share everything? What if we chose to share, you know, hey, and this is a choice. What if we chose to share I just got laid off from work. I think that my partner and I are growing apart. I had this crazy flashback to a memory in my childhood that I don't know, is it real? I, I think that I was abused. I mean, it could be a, a small lowercase T or a capital T. It could be extreme happiness. It could be extreme loneliness, or it could just be indifference. If we chose to show up in that way for anybody that chooses to share their life, imagine First of all, the personal biofeedback you would get from just, again, getting out of our head, making it reality and getting that kind of objective perspective with our own selves first. But then the people that are going to see that are going to get more of your complete picture all the while you are building your complete picture for yourself and for others at the same time. So I, I think it's a very personal choice. And Look, certain people only share certain things for certain reasons, and I think that's perfect and it works for you. But I can, I'm here to tell you that um, I've never felt more liberated or more authentic since I've had these changes in my life over the years to, to share everything. Um, also, for someone like myself that does this professionally, I, you know, I do get a lot of feedback, and these are the points that matter most. 
that it's it's them referencing hey chase not like congrats on the squat pr or you know whatever it's you know you shared this about this struggle and i've been watching since that point how you've been dealing with it and it seems like you've got a much better hold on it now it's inspiring me to do the same or i want to ask you a question about it and that's that's the world that i'm after and that's the work that i'm here to do i think that's because podcasts very similar to like a physical product that someone might invent. If I invent, uh, if I have a, some need for like a, I don't know, some product that would help me in my life. I'm looking for like stuff around me. If I, if I don't have a way to like hold water and I invent a glass, well now I've solved a need in my life. And if I need that, then probably other people do as well. A podcast is the same thing where it's like mm-hmm. people are like me. Everyone's different, but we have a lot of similarities and more than we think. And people are like me. So if I just speak about me and my things and the things that I'm doing that are working for me, that's the same as me inventing the glass. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. to people who are like me. So if I'm not saying everything or or I'm leaving out this entire piece of it, uh, big or small, then sometimes you're not like giving the full product, right? It, it, I think that can be kind of yeah. a somewhat of analogy in, in the podcast world because it's not a physical thing. We're talking about our experiences and the things that we've learned and the things that help us um, and, and, and use that to kind of like portray the message that we're, that we're getting and people will respond to that. That's it. That's it, man. Chase in closing here. Uh, cause I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're coming up. Um, are there some things that you think right now you believe to be true or to be absolutes that chase from five or 10 years from now will be like, Hey, you should have thought about that one differently. Hmm. <laughs> You know, to be honest, I have some beliefs how I'll answer that question that are going to be good reminders right now. I honestly don't know if this is anything radically different than what a big part of me has really always known. And I think will always be true for me and anybody else is that everything works, you know, to kind of lob that up into the health, fitness, wellness, personal development place, you know, everything works. And what I mean by that is to kind of go back to our point earlier of belief Everything works if I believe it's going to believe. Everything works if I choose to put one foot in front of the other. If I choose to prioritize myself and the right people and the right things in my life. If I choose to cultivate an ecosystem internally and externally that supports the goals that I have in my life, for my life, everything works. In my professional opinion, every diet works. Every form of exercise works. Every healthy habit works. It's just for some people to a varying degree and some people just don't connect with it. They don't have a belief behind it. It's not, they can't make it adherent. And so if we have belief plus adherence, we are going to have success. And that can be in the gym, that can be in the kitchen, that can be whatever, but also really in any other area of your life. Um, And so I think it it, it all works. It all works. And, And that you can take that and run with it in any which way, you know, you want Um, and another thing that I've been really leaning into recently that I hope I still kind of have the same association to in five, 10 years is that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And in the good times and in the bad, if we can just remind ourselves that I am here, maybe not for a reason, because I personally struggle with that. I, I struggle in that if I am here for a reason or everything happens for a reason and I don't understand, or I don't agree with the reason that can be a slippery slope for poor mental health and a lot of stress and friction. But if I kind of take the power back and I go, okay, this thing is happening and I'm going to choose the reason I might not know what it is right now, but I'm going to choose to make reason today, tomorrow, the next day, then that compounds. And I'm going to develop a much better relationship with every situation in my life because I chose to, and I know that no matter where I am, with whom, what I'm doing, I'm right where I need to be. Sometimes it's just more obvious than others, but ultimately I'm going to make a good thing out of it because I choose it. That's a beautiful message, Chase. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was a probably a tough question and, and, and one that I maybe put you on the spot a little bit there. So there's a lot to think about with that one. Good but question. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a really great answer and I've really, really enjoyed this conversation and I think that many people will um, as well. Hopefully. I'll- Hopefully. I'll put things in the show notes, but can you rattle off your your contact info for um, for everyone? 
Yeah. So I kind of say I'm one of two places, either on Instagram, you can find me at chase underscore tuning. And that's where day to day and stories and posts, you're really going to see everything I was talking about, what I'm trying, what I'm liking, what's working for me, what's not. And in all capacities, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, all the things I hopefully you know, say can help people live a life ever forward. And then once I kind of nail things down and I get specific with a topic or, you know, have a personal success or a personal relation to a thing or a modality, uh, I then sit down with that person on on the show on Everforward Radio as the podcast and we expand on it deeper. And so you get the real life day to day for me on social and then you get kind of the sit down with the professional or a expanded conversation around that thing on Everforward Radio. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect point of the podcast, right? Just, just more expansion, yeah, more yeah. depth and, and more, more breadth in, in a way as well. So chase tuning on Instagram, uh, ever for radio on all the podcast platforms. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll put the, the links to everything in the show notes website and all that chase. Thanks so much for your time, man. Is there any last message that you want to leave the people with here in closing? You know, actually, yeah, let me pull up something. So what I've been kind of doing for a while is, uh, brain dumping a lot of these things that I've been challenging and questioning over the last few years. And, um, it's turned into kind of this list of rules that I, you know, I didn't really know that I was living by. Mm -hmm. And there's one I want to share with you guys that I think is, um, really important. The first thing that came to mind, and this is no particular order, but my number one rule for me that I live by is that rules only exist to provide you with a starting point of what to question first question everything, find which ones are temporary, which ones you still feel aligned with and which ones you didn't even know you were following. Hmm. That's powerful. I think that's a good place to leave it. I think that people are going to have a lot to think about on that one. I'm certainly going to meditate on that <laughs> one for sure. Uh, and, 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 and we'll, uh, we'll call this episode so people can go think about that. Chase, thanks for your time, man. Again, I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome conversation. Daniel, thank you, man. Chase underscore tuning on Instagram, Everforward Radio on all the podcast platforms. I'll put the mm -hmm. links in the show notes. Again, uh, give me a follow as well on Instagram at Daniel Yoris and you know, like, share, subscribe to the podcast, spread this message to more people. That's really the best, uh, the best way to help this grow. Leave a rating, all that kind of good stuff. And that's that. Go outside, be a good person. Chat soon. <laughs>